0: it's bird fans what's going on this is jeff hartman your host of let's ride your monday wednesday and friday morning podcast right here on the steel curtain network it's an exciting show for you today it's monday I know that I teased this on Friday and said that for the OG listeners, I was going to try to pull off something, something that if you listened way back in the blog talk radio days, kind of take you back, a little nostalgia. It didn't work out. It didn't work out. I'm not giving up on it, but it didn't work out. So unfortunately, that Monday morning conversation is not what you're going to get to hear today. Today, I have two guests on, believe it or not. Two guests that are a part of the Steel Curtain Network. And that would be Kevin Tate and Sean Gurley. You might know them as Tate Boy Fresh and Big G as a part of the Homies, which is on the Steel Curtain Network every Friday Night Live. You can hear them on the audio side every Saturday. I just felt like these guys have really good takes, but what we're going to talk about today, and they don't even know this at the time, is we have some insider information here, folks. I know that I told the story about the draft. I told the story about Joey Porter Jr. and the Steelers potentially trading out of pick 32. The insider information, the intel has come in again. We are talking about the potential contract for Alex Highsmith. We're talking about quarterback evaluations. We're talking about a lot of interesting stuff. We're going to dive into those news, into that news, those rumors, those reports, insider information with Tapeway Fresh and Big G coming up right after this break the Monday morning conversation. This will be a good one. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. All right, Steeler fans, it is Monday. I teased this up. I teed it up like the golfers do at the PGA Championship this weekend, and it is time for the Monday morning conversation. I'm really excited about this one. I've got two of the homies with me. Uh, two, not all of them, two. We only got the Steelers fans on this one. I didn't want the other guys here because I don't want to hear their takes. <laughs> but let me introduce you to these two homies. Let's start with Tate. Tate, welcome to the show. How are you?
2: Hey, Jeff, I'm great, man. Thanks for having me. You know, as far as – uh Steel Curtain Network goes, this is like hosting Saturday Night Live, man. I feel like I made
0: it. <laughs> I don't know if
1: I'd go that far. I really do. Uh,
0: but also joining is the other homie that's a Steel fan, Big G. What's up, Big G? How's it going?
1: Hey, what's cracking, Jeff, man? Thank you again for the opportunity to come on, uh, on your show with the Steel Curtain Network, man. But I, I co signed with Tate, man. That made it, we made it to the top, (laughs) so we're here. So let's do this thing, man. Let's get Pittsburgh in, you know.
0: Yes, sir, let's do it. But I want to give everyone because you know, we offer so many different shows on the Steel Curtain Network. You know, my Let's Ride podcast every Monday, Wednesday, Friday is the only recurring podcast on our network where you get me more than once. Uh, but you guys do a show, The Homies, every Friday live on YouTube and simulcast on our Twitter feed, Facebook, etc. Uh, but I want to give you all an opportunity to explain for maybe those people that have never checked out your show. We'll start with you, Tate. You, tell us about your Steeler fandom. Tell us about why you started the Homies podcast. Like, what was the, the genesis of all that? Go
2: ahead. Hey, man. Well, I've been a Steeler fan for a long time. Probably the first football game I remember watching was the 1980 Super Bowl where they played it in 1980, the Steelers versus yeah. the Rams, 79 season. First game I remember watching my favorite all-time Steelers, Rob Wilson. and I got on. I got on the, at the time the Behind the Steel Curtain Network by just you know uh, talking the bad, going back and forth, by some podcasts and stuff. And he, and yeah, a spot because it was the end of the season. You guys were going off the uh, the post-game show on Sundays, needed to fill some air time on Sunday, and I, we were doing the um, We Run the North podcast.
0: That's right
2: at the time, and. I got Brandon and Pay, the other guys who aren't Steeler fans, to come on. <laughs> and um, but at the time, I was doing it by myself initially, and it was kind of hard to come up with a 45 minutes to an hour worth of content just by yourself. It's mm-hmm. a lot easier just to talk football with other guys like you do any other time you're talking football. So got Brandon and Pay to come along. They came along. We were doing Rewind and Run the North. And then during the offseason, we thought re- run the North didn't necessarily fit. And we're all friends. And when you're good friends, you call your good friends your homies. So, you know, we, that that's where the homies came from. Big G and I do, did another, do another podcast together called The Know-It-Alls. He's a Steeler fan. I tried to get him initially. He had some stuff going on. He couldn't do it at the time. But then he initially came on, and now everything just clicked. So, yeah, that's how the homies came about.
0: You know, I love the show, the homies. I listen every week. It, it really pains me, though, to say this, that B-Dirt, Brandon that you mentioned, is a very level-headed Bengals fan. Like, I, I grew up in the northern panhandle of West Virginia, so that little piece of West Virginia that's pinched between Pennsylvania and Ohio.
2: Yeah, no I, one, to, I, I, yeah. I have family in Belprick over by okay. Parkersburg over there. So
0: no one really clings to any Ohio teams there, but there were some Bengals fans growing up, and they were the most obnoxious human beings I've ever met in my <laughs> life. And so when you say you bring in B-Dirt on the show, and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, B-Dirt's going to be this obnoxious. Man. He's very level-headed. It, it's actually, I like his... His insight but let's big g you've got a history in football that is definitely different why don't you tell that story
1: well i you know i i got an opportunity to play division one college football you know which most people don't get an opportunity to do and um it, through that i got relationships with different people as far as you know professional athletes and all whatever else over time but my love and passion for the steelers really started when i was a kid man you know my grandfather was a diehard pittsburgh Steelers fan you know i remember At 77, 78, you know, getting Chris Pittsburgh Steelers pajamas and all whatever else. So I grew up loving them, you know. So over time, between that and then having an opportunity to play Division I college football, coach a little bit, be around sports athletes and stuff like that, it just kindled my love for the Steelers more and more and more. So over time, you know, when we first started off like, you know, like Tate mentioned doing the Know It Alls podcast, you know, I was – Steelers centric, you know, and if people can't see my background, I'm a diehard Pittsburgh Steeler, diehard Ohio State Buckeye fan. But over time, you know, I realized that hey, the Steelers is 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 what I know and what I love. So when Tate gave me the opportunity to come on with the Homies Podcast, I said, "Man, let's do this thing, man!" And we've been rolling ever since, you know, and growing, you know, as as a yeah. unit. So.
0: For sure, absolutely, and I, I see in the background a little Mark Price picture. He was my favorite basketball player. He was a short, <laughs> he was a short white guy that could shoot. That basically sums up my basketball experience. So yeah, there yeah, you go. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. And they do run the Cleveland Cavs. That's Cavalier, the Cleveland Cavaliers podcast for the Fans First Sports Network. So if you are a Cavs fan. Make sure you check those two guys out. They're putting out good content. So let's talk about the Steelers though. Let's get down to the nitty-gritty. I have some insider sources into the Steelers organization, and that little birdie has been singing about a lot of topics. Now, you all haven't heard these things, just like a lot of people that are listening to this for the first time haven't either. So I want to get your takes on it. First is about Alex Highsmith. You know, this is something that the the more you hear from Omar Khan, the more you see what Omar Khan does. It really seems like he is transparent. He says it, he means it. And we laughed, I did at least, uh, yeah. before the season, off season was really getting started. He said, we want Mitch Trubisky around, and we actually want him around longer than this year. And we were kind of like, eh, it's kind of just blowing smoke, you know? Next thing you know, he signs the quarterback to a two-year extension, decreases the cap hit. And, well, hey, he told us he was going to do this. Well, the one thing he's been saying repeatedly is that we want Alex Highsmith here Longer than just this one last year, his final year of his rookie deal, they are going to re sign Alex Highsmith. And what we're hearing from inside is that this could happen either at the very beginning of training camp, maybe even mini camp. But this is they're looking at a three to four year deal, probably an extension. Mm. There is no sticking points with money at all with this Mm. or with these two people, meeting Omar Khan and Alex Highsmith, who are very close. That's what the sources are saying. They are great friends. This is literally just a structure issue, not terms. So mm. they're not haggling over millions. They are probably looking at signing bonus, uh, the length of the deal, how much guaranteed money, stuff like that. The financial terms are basically set. This looks like it's a deal. It's just a matter, a matter of time. It might even be post June 1st in terms of salary cap implications. But I want to ask you guys about Alex Highsmith in general. How much do you value him as a mm. pass rusher? Or do you think that what he provides is solely based on what T.J. Watt brings and he is then benefiting from that being on the opposite side? Table third you first. What do you think?
2: Um, I like, I like the idea of bringing Alex Highsmith back. I mean, the, t- he, him and T.J. Watt are probably, I want to say, top top pass rush tandem in the league top three top three for sure if i'm just not thinking about everybody right now Hmm. but the idea of signing him early getting the deal done this summer but before he has a chance to get 14 and a half sacks again and the price goes up because the market is always going up on wide receivers quarterbacks cornerbacks and edge rushers Hmm. always going up so i like the idea of getting them early um i don't know about the terms of the actual money you don't know anything about that like
0: no, they're they're saying fair market is what they're saying, fair market
2: okay. deal. Wow, so, so fair fair market could be anywhere between sixteen and eighteen million a year. I would right. think.
0: I'm hearing you seventeen. Know? I'm hearing seventeen, okay. roughly. Yeah.
2: Okay. Yeah. So no, I, I I think I think it's a great idea. Alex Highsmith is a, is a, is a, is a, I call him a kid because I'm an old guy. He's a good young man though. <laughs> yeah. You know, I think he he fits he fits this what the Steelers are trying to do fits the culture, and like I said, him and T.J. Water are an incredible tandem and. Shout out to my um friend Glenn Haynes, who's friends with Alex Highsmith's dad down in Wilmington, North Carolina. So he, I got a fr- a good friend of mine that actually knows Alex, but I don't I don't know Alex, but he yeah. does. So just you know, saying I know somebody know Alex name dropping.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Big G, what do you think about Alex Highsmith in terms of the the thought of having him locked up for three to four more years and the value he brings to the defense
1: opposite T.J. Watt? Well, the, the question has always been for Pittsburgh Steelers is that the system or is it the players? And we're going all the way back to Kevin Green and Greg Lloyd. You know, those two outside linebackers just cause havoc in a 3 4 defense, you know. And it just seems like over the generations that Steelers bring in outside linebackers that just destroy the NFL, you know. And so the question is is this kid Bud Dupree or is he the truth? I'm thinking more that he's the truth. You know, he's more like a guy who's going to be a staple or an anchor in our defense for the next three to four years. So market value is is key and critical, but at the same time, you got to understand what he actually does for the system. I think Highsmith can rush the quarterback, but I've seen Highsmith do dropbacks and, and coverage. I've seen him also do some other things that makes him a little bit bigger of a chess piece than some of those greats that we know about outside linebackers for the Pittsburgh Steelers. So I like him. And the fact that he doesn't have a lot of tread on his tires, He's still relatively young. He didn't play a lot in Charlotte. People don't really know his history. You know, he didn't really start till like his sophomore year. So this kid doesn't have a lot of damage on his body and all whatever else. And he's young enough that in our system, he could be our anchor moving forward as we progress. You know, we're talking two, three years up the road. This kid really could be something special for us. So I love it. I love it. Get him under contract. Let's get it done and over with. And let's make him basically, in my opinion, a stealer for life.
0: I got to ask a follow-up because you brought up Bud Dupree. Let me just say from a, from a total global perspective, when you're looking at a pass rusher with the Steelers, do you mm. like Highsmith better than Dupree at this stage of their career?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. I, Bud Dupree was, in my opinion, more of a system quarterback and that lineage of outside linebackers. You know, one job and one job only. Hit the quarterback. You know, outside of that, if you go back and watch film on what Dupree actually did, He wasn't that valuable in other schemes, even at the point of where you fake the rush on one side and you drop in the coverage, you know, or you shift from the outside linebacker to the inside linebacker position. But Dupree really didn't do that. Highsmith I've seen do that. So that's why I I think overall he's going to be a better long-term fit for Pittsburgh. And, and, And my thinking is let's lock the kid up along with some of these other young guys that we got. So then that way, in two, three years up the road, when we got to do some things shifting, like replacing Hayward or replacing some other veterans that's on the team, we got the cap availability, and we also have the, the, the presence in the locker room to continue to make the Steelers what they are. Tate, you gotta, agree with that? I
2: got a take on that. Um, Go for it. I like I like Bud. Bud was always hurt. Bud, Bud, Bud has a higher pedigree than Alex Highsmith. And, you know, Bud, Bud caused a lot of havoc. I mean – Truth of the matter is, I really like I really like Highsmith. He's I think he's going to be a really good good to great, not great. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like with 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 Bud's pedigree, the pedigree that Bud came from, first round pick out of SEC, all mm-hmm. those things, all those intangibles and stuff like that. Bud had those things, but um, he just he was a late bloomer. Yeah, he was a late bloomer, and when he got there, he basically got paid off pedigree. Like pedigree, I yeah. believe uh Bud Dupree's highest sack season was that lat was that last one like 11 and a half sacks maybe. So yeah. Alex Highsmith has already outdone him there and they 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 both control the edge and shut the edge down to stop the run. Good run defenders. Mm. I think I think that Alex is just is just a better fit for what Pittsburgh's trying to do cuz to me if it's if it's 17 million what they pay him, Bud went to uh Tennessee and got like eighty eighty million dollars. Correct yeah. you know yeah. so I mean Highsmith fits if we're honest about it Highsmith didn't do as well even last year got 14 and a half sacks when TJ wasn't on the field yeah the majority of his sacks were when TJ was on the field and then you have you know you have to account for TJ Wyatt. so Highsmith is, is a good player not could be great good and yeah I agree with you with locking some of these guys up like Highsmith some of the other guys because you got to look at it. hopefully in a few years we got we got to pay KP, Kpa his money too
1: that's right.
2: So you know, you working on all this stuff now.
0: Yeah, you hope that Kenny Pickett's doing that well. That the, the the thought process is just like with Joe Burrow and Lamar Jackson getting their payday. You hope that is the case with Kenny Pickett. But I will say with Alex Highsmith, you know, you brought it up, Tate. He does well when TJ Watt's in the lineup because right. TJ Watt, it's, so much attention is going to go to his side that it's going to equate in a lot of favorable matchups on the other. I don't see that necessarily as a knock on Highsmith. Like you said, good, not great. He's not a pass rusher that is going to dictate what the offense does but he's hmm. going to win his matchups they are a duo and that's why i feel maybe second only to possibly the pass rushing duo in dallas uh some might say cleveland with garrett and zadarius uh now up there i don't know right i'm gonna put them above the cleveland duo but still when I, I, they work together they work in tandem so i think that that's important to note but you all mentioned both of you did locking up players the other rumors that are coming out of the source from inside the the Steelers facility is that the quarterbacks, everyone's talking about the quarterbacks, bringing Mason Rudolph back on a one-year deal, giving Mitch Trubisky the two-year extension, which we mentioned earlier in the show. Mm. And a lot of people, and I I haven't seen a whole lot of this, but the insider that we know said that he's been reading and hearing a lot of people in the Pittsburgh area talking about how this somehow is an indictment on Kenny Pickett and how the the organization views him. He said that is, quote-unquote, stupid. Mm -hmm. That is dumb. Uh, Based on the fact that it doesn't change the the organization's thoughts on Pickett. Pickett is their guy. They are 100% in on Kenny Pickett. But basically, it boils down to you can't have too many good quarterbacks. Mm -hmm. And that both quarterbacks actually wanted to be in Pittsburgh. Mm -hmm. So you had Trubisky, you had Rudolph. Proven players are they starting capable players no probably not anymore but when you can have a third string quarterback that has starting experience that's a pretty good situation there now I want to throw it to big g first what do you think about the Steelers' quarterback room as a, as a whole entering 2023
1: well I said this the other night on the homies podcast you know and I challenged payday with it right off the bat I said, tell me another quarterback room that has the depth that the Pittsburgh Steelers have as far as capability and going to the starting lineup and winning a game or two while the starter is out. You know, I started naming off teams. Give me the backup quarterback here. Give me the backup quarterback. Crickets. You didn't hear anything. You know, because the issue is, is that Pittsburgh legitimately has three good quarterbacks. I also stated this back. Every year going into the season, there's always a starter or a critical guy that's in the depth rotation for another team that gets cracked. And then the teams are scrambling, trying to get a guy to come in and be a serviceable quarterback for sometimes even the season. So Pittsburgh and Omar Khan's thinking he's super smart because I have legitimately two guys that could be maybe a backup or a bridge quarterback that if somebody comes to call in and the right draft value was there, I can trade the guy and get back some of the money that I paid. But at the same time, too, I protect myself and insulate myself in case something happens to Picky, so I can get bring a guy in. And not only do I have a guy that can come in, in but then the guy behind him, I'm, I'm okay with. So I, so as far as genius move or showing that I'm really a GM and I'm that guy, yeah, Omar Khan, you know what you're doing, man. Because the depth chart with the quarterbacks for Steelers is off the chain.
0: He was patient, and that everyone says the con artist and his aggressiveness, and that was brought up in the. Uh, the post-round one press conference with Tomlin and Omar Khan, he's been patient so much more than he has been aggressive. And when you think about Mason Rudolph, he waited. Hey, if someone wants to pay him more, let him go. We'll be fine. Mm-hmm. But they waited. Post-draft, he waited. Finally, Mason Rudolph has no home. Hey, Mace, we got a deal for you. Tate, what about you? What do you think about the quarterback room?
2: I agree with Big G 100%. I think it's the strongest overall quarterback room in the, in the NFL as far as one, two, and three.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, So I completely agree with that. Um, Mitch wanted to be there. Obviously he worked out the extension with Omar Khan and worked at that deal. I think Mason may just not have any more options. So he, you know, he like, well, I might not want to come back, but I kind of got to come back. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I kind of, I kind of think that's, that's where they're at. I mean, Mitch Trubisky, you know, um, he's, he's a winning quarterback. I mean, the, the offense never was great in, in the 2022 season. Right. It moved be- it moved better with Kenny Pickett than it did Mitch Trubisky, and I think that's just because I feel like Mitch was scared to to, to let the thing go. You know what I mean? He was holding on to the ball, taking some unnecessary sacks and stuff like that, and I think Kenny, Kenny is much more of a just going to go out there and just move the ball, take what the defense is giving you. Mm-hmm. So I like Kenny better in that regard, but Mitch Trubisky has a 37-27 and 27 win-loss record in the NFL. I mean, with, so that's 64 games started for your backup quarterback. Mm-hmm. Then now you're paying about $9 million a year on average. Mm-hmm. Well, 6.5 when you when you factor in the new deal, $6.5 million a year for your backup quarterback, a starter capable with basically over 60 games started in his career. So I really like it. Mason's 9-7-1. I think Mason gets a gets a bad govet from the Steeler fans. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's never done anything except for, you know, get hit in the face by Earl Thomas and then get hit in the, with a helmet by Miles Garrett. I mean, he you know he he's won the majority of the games he's played nine and seven to one, not a great record, mm-hmm. but it keeps just keeps keeps the Steelers moving, keeps the you know keeps Tom without losing season, all those things. So I think Mason is an excellent third quarterback. And probably is still better than half the half the backup quarterbacks in the league.
1: Agreed.
0: Well, in the perfect world, you don't see Mason Rudolph ever even in anything outside of right. street clothes on game day. Like in a perfect world, I mean, mm. if you're complaining about the third quarterback on your depth chart, then your depth chart's pretty good because you're happy with QB one and QB two, and you're just mm. squab- you know squabbling over QB three. Uh, I I think it's a great room. I really do. I want to get Charles' take though on the off season. Let's be honest, there's still going to be moves made. Hmm. Omar Khan's not going to take his foot off the accelerator if he sees a player whether it's a Quan Alexander or someone like that that they think can benefit the team at a position of need he's going to make that move but what's been done so far you think about all the free agent acquisitions the players lost the players gained you think about the seven drafted players in the 2023 draft Hmm. where do you view this team Overall, heading into this regular season, the schedule's already known. We know all of that. There's very few unknowns left uh, mm-hmm. with this upcoming season. In terms of your excitement level and expectations, Big G, where do yours fall with this 2023 Steelers?
1: Well, first of all, let me say this. I am willing to bet the bank that the Pittsburgh Steelers have a top five, 53-man roster. When mm-hmm. the cuts roll down the hill and you actually start to, you have to decide on, okay, who's in the room for us to move forward with the season, it's going to be tough going in Pittsburgh because they're going to there's positions at wide receiver, at linebacker, at defensive back where it's going to be some hard decisions. And I and those guys are going to end up on other NFL rosters. You mark my words. If they don't yeah. end up like on a practice squad situation, they're going to end up on another roster. So that's why I said 53-man roster. Yeah, we got it going on. And a lot of that is because Omar Khan, but it's also in the trust that I think Tomlin and Khan have figured out this dance where they're not tugging and pulling about what's going to make us a good team, or a, 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 and in some cases, possibly even a great team moving forward. Now, saying all that, my expectations for the Steelers, I'm not out the roof like some, some Steelers. We're going to the Super Bowl and all. No, we, we have a lot to grow and to go because we have probably the youngest offensive unit as far as skill position, maybe in the NFL. But to give us an opportunity to grow, and I, I've been saying this all along, the AFC North is the toughest division in football, period. Anybody in that division can win any game at any time because of what you have from the quarterback play, the offensive line, the wide receiver skill sets, and the overall defense. So by, by saying that, I'm looking for the Steelers to get 10, maybe 11 wins if everybody stays healthy and possibly do some uh, one or two things in the playoffs. I think we're a year away from really pushing and contending but the draft that we just had is A-plus, without a shadow of a doubt. In my mind, who had a better draft? You, you can say whatever team out there. But the seven guys, we hit. Because they, even that our seventh pick, the kid from Purdue, he's going to make the roster. That kid, 6'3", 205 pounds, runs a 4.43. And if you go back and check out the film on him, he's a monster. So, so the Pittsburgh Steelers are moving in the direction to get us back to what most of us want, the glory days. We want to be in contention for a Super Bowl. We want to be able to talk that talk. We want to be able to say, "Hey, stick our chest out." We're Steeler fans, so I think we're moving in the right direction to be able to move back to the glory days where we just dominate football. And so I, I'm very impressed about what's going on in Steeler Nation.
0: Tate, you uh, do you agree with that sentiment? Are you maybe a little bit a little bit hesitant to to heap that much praise?
2: If you if you if you watch the homies. You know, you, you know, Big G always has extreme takes. That's why we call them Big G burners.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So, <laughs> you know, that that's kind of like one of them. But, I mean, I agree with a lot of what he said, though. We're headed in the right direction. And he mentioned Omar Khan and Mike Tomlin. I got to throw Andy Wild in there. Yeah. I mean, he's a, he, he he's a big part of it. I mean, just to and, and Big G, and I'm surprised he didn't say it. We've been on this thing ever since the offseason began. Mm. Where, and I'll let you say it, Big G, what have we said the Steelers are creating? We're building a bully, bro. A bully. A bully. That's yeah. what we're doing. We're building a bully in Pittsburgh with the help of Omar Khan Andy Wild, and Mike Tomlin all together. I mean, they they've they've upgraded the trenches on the offensive line. Mm. They've got a whole bunch of competition on the defensive line. They got they got big, big cornerbacks. Both Joey Porter Jr., uh, Corey Corey Trice Jr. Yeah, both those guys are really really big physical, bump and run kind of cornerbacks. You you bring in a veteran like Patrick Peterson to kind of to play and to groom those guys. That's exactly. a big piece, also. Um, what other uh, the the draft man? Like you said, A plus big G. I'll say A plus plus. Woo. We did a we, we 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 did a draft show on the uh, on the Know It All podcast, and I had. Broderick Jones, yep. Joey Porter Jr., yep. and Darnell Watson as all potential first-round picks for the Steelers. And we got all of them.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: And we got all. I mean, granted, that was a couple of months ago. Mm. But, you know, we got all those guys. And so I really think the direction they're going in, they're, they're going for it now because Kenny Pickett's on that rookie deal. They're signing players. They're, that, that's why they're going to try and sign Alex Highsmith now to get him, keep him. I think uh, Jalen Warren was a hit last year in the, in the undrafted free agents. Mm. He's going to probably get about 25% of the workload this year in about the, the backfield from Nigel Harris. Yeah. yeah. I like, I think we're going to see a lot of 12 personnel and I just think, I just think they're headed in that direction. Like you see a team like the San Francisco 49 and the Philadelphia Eagles. that just play a physical brand of football. They can run the ball. They have different weapons. They can do many different things. So to me, it's all coming down to Matt Canada. Mm. I mean, we hear that all the time. Yep. But he has he, – he's the cook. He has all the great ingredients he needs to cook this great meal. I, I, I don't have any any uh, skepticism about the defense and, and, and uh, Terrell Austin and what Mike Tomlin and what they'll do on that side of the ball. I think that unit will be a top-five unit. I think if we can get the, the offense up to a top-15 unit this year, I think the Pittsburgh – I agree with the 10-11 win assessment, Big G – and we may, may be able to win the playoff game. Mm-hmm. And we're going to compete for a division, definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: for sure. Let me ask you all one last question before I let you go. Start with you, Big G. Out of all the Steelers' seven drafted players, which one do you think will have the biggest impact in 2023? Mm-hmm. So if you have to pick one that's going to have the biggest impact this year, not career-wise, but just this season. Who you got?
1: I, I got to start with the first guy we took off the board. Broderick Jones I have to because he's gonna you know so there's there's rumors out there and talks out there that they're gonna coin the Steelers offensive line and call it the picket fence so the picket fence the gate swings open and closed what's going on at left tackle with Broderick Jones and and the last year the Steelers were serviceable at nine and eight and offensive line play I'm at sometimes was sort of terrible you know, So now I think with the, with the additions, what you added in free agency, and then you get that anchor left tackle to come in there because this kid's a stud. So Broderick Jones being able to protect Pickett, to give him time to analyze the defense and find all these weapons that we have all over the field, including one of the guys that was in this draft, is going to make it that much better for Pittsburgh. So that's why I'm really optimistic about what they can do on the field, but the player is Broderick Jones. I mean, he didn't go first. We didn't trade up two picks by accident to get this kid. We got him because we knew he was one of the two best offensive tackles in our evaluation. So I I I roll with Broderick Jones. That's my guy, man.
0: Well, just like Kenny Piggy got thrown to the wolves last season with uh, trips to Buffalo and Philly, he's going to have a gauntlet ahead of him with Nick Bosa and Miles Garrett and uh, some others that are going to be on the schedule really early. But what about you, Tate? Same question. Which rookie will have the biggest impact in 2023, in your opinion?
2: Of course, of, of course my homie Big G took the low-hanging fruit. It's easy to pick the first-round pick, <laughs> Big G. Of course, Broderick Jones. But yeah. no, my, my, my guy, I'm going to go with Keanu Benton. Mm. Okay. I, think, I think he solidifies that defensive line. I think he'll start nose tackle as a rookie. Mm. I think there's a lot of similarities to Javon Hargrave. And you think when Javon, Javon Hargrave was there, the, the Steeler defense was his best. Now, keep, keep in mind, they also had Stefan Toot at that time. But yeah. I think I think Larry Jubby will have a better year this year than he had last year. Cam Hayward, we just hope he holds up in what he's been doing. Yeah. And I think putting Ke- Keanu Benton in the middle will be a difference maker. Stopping the run and pushing the pocket. 6'5", 3'15", very athletic with a wrestling background. Mm. I like him to be a big impact player out this draft class This year, even though I think we probably got five guys that are going to bring some type of impact. I think he's going to bring the biggest for me, not taking the low hanging fruit, big G. Mm.
0: If I'm answering my own question, I'm going to go with Darnell Washington. And the reason why I'm going with Darnell Washington is because he could be used as the extra offensive lineman in those jumbo packages. And he's already a good blocker. This Mm. isn't Zach Gentry, where he's a former quarterback. We got to teach this kid how to block, right? That's his forte right now as Mm. day one in the NFL. If you turn him into more of a pass catcher, well, then he's just even more of a dual threat. Mm. Broderick Jones, I could see him starting at the gate. I could see him struggling a little bit. Uh, Definitely Keanu Benton. I could see Joey Porter Jr. having a good impact. This is a hell of a draft class. So I think that's what we're getting down to is that this is one hell of a draft class. Well, all right, guys, this has been a great talk. I want to give you all a chance to plug your social media, uh, plug anything you're doing, obviously, like the Cavaliers, the Know-It-Alls, all that stuff. Big G, I'll let you go first. Go ahead.
1: Well, first, man, Jeff, thank you again for the opportunity to come on the show, man, because this is a great conversation. And I wish it was longer about what was really going on in the Steelers. So thank you again for that. But I'm just going to plug the Know-It-All's podcast, man, for sure, man. You know, we've been grinding over there at the Know-It-All's, man. And so, you know, we piggyback some of the stuff that goes on with the Steel Curtain Network and with Fans First Sports Network. So if you get an opportunity, check us out on the Know-It-Alls on YouTube, man. Me, of course, me and Tate got That's Rather Cavaliers popping off. And I think that that's one of the best growing listening viewership that you could actually have if you love Cavaliers content because me and Tate both got passion for the Cleveland Cavaliers. So, you know, just saying that, you know, I want to remain humble at all times and continue to just say thank you. For the opportunity and plug the know it all's, and that's rather cavaliers, man. Perfect. How you take it? go ahead.
2: Uh yeah. Everything Big G said because we do those things together. The Know It All Podcast. We come on live on YouTube every Sunday at 6 p.m. Eastern time. Um, so check us out. Uh, that's rather cavalier. And you know, you know, Jeff, that's on the FSSN network with, with everything else that we all do. Um, that that was a startup podcast, so it's kind of tough, but we're putting in shows getting getting a nice amount of uploads i feel like for a startup so you know yeah if you like the cleveland cavaliers or just want to hear some nba talk tune in to us there we also have our guy uh bp and pepper pike he's a cleveland cavaliers fan uh bad 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 kind of shipped him to us that give this dude a chance on your podcast he's he's a cleveland brown podcaster on the on the um the, the elf what what do they call it, the fanatical elves, fanatical elves, elves. Yeah. yeah, the fanatical <laughs> elves. He's a little brown guy. <laughs> he's, yeah, he's a, he's a contributor on there. And I would be remiss if I didn't say if I didn't shout out the homie podcast. Absolutely, check out the homie podcast on the Steel Curtain Network, live on YouTube Friday nights at eight o'clock. And check us out wherever you're listening to this, uh, ride or die crew right here, where you get your audio podcast. We're on there too with all the Steel Curtain Network stuff. And Jeff, thanks for having us, man. It's an honor for me and Big G to be here. Just talking to Steeler talk with you, man. Talking ball. We appreciate it, man. And thank you.
0: Hey, no problem. Like I said, the homies podcast you can watch them live every Friday evening. And then you can catch on the audio side on Saturday morning. Uh we always pride ourselves on the Steel Curtain Network that no two shows are the same. It is a completely unique environment with the homies, with they have in the Bengals and the Ravens takes it is well worth a listen. If you haven't listened go ahead and give a listen, gentlemen, thank you very much. We'll do this again. I promise before the season starts, take it easy.
2: Yes. Thanks, Jeff.
0: And a big thank you to both of those gentlemen for taking the time to, you know, really sit down and, and talk about the Steelers, not just the Steelers, but the reports and what they think. Taking uh, any amount of time to be on my show, all of my guests, I always appreciate it. And I hope you all enjoyed that. And I hope you check out their show, The Homies, every Friday night. And then they also do work for Fans First Sports Network with the Cleveland Cavaliers. We talked about that as well. So make sure you check those out there. Which, by the way, Fans First Sports Network, be on the lookout for a website coming out. That is a really exciting part of all this. I am ready to go. uh, But we'll keep you up to date on that. Quick reminder... On Tuesday, for all my Ride or Die crew, be on the lookout for that tweet that goes out every morning. Find me on Twitter at jhartman, H-A-R-T-M-A-N, underscore P-I-T. I I put out the question that I need questions. You all respond. I answer them live on the Wednesday show. You know how it works by now. Folks, that's it for today. Have a great start to your week. You know how we finished out here. Be safe, be kind, and God bless. We'll see you on Wednesday. Go Steelers.